Moments like this, these last two football games, being able to do what we've done, energize a city, right? Energize a, a, a town, energize fans, uh, is only going to make us better moving forward. And that's the part that I'm excited about. No one, no one thought we should be here, and we just kept believing. And it was really cool, really cool to be a part of. And, and it was special. And like I said, just the beginning. You know, I, I go back to April, and I, I told the team in April, I said, expect to play playoff games on the road in Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City. You know, I think that was this this year, obviously, was huge for, for this organization, for our city, for just our franchise, you know, moving forward. And, and it kind of sets the bar of, of, of who, who we're going to be and, and what we're going to do moving forward. And and that's the mindset, and, the, and we won't settle for less than that. And this this won't be this won't be the last you guys hear of us. So we'll be back. This boy got a hit. Ten Ten XL ninety two point five FM presents Jaguars Today with your host Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E to the T. Hey, good morning, everybody. We're live at the Players' Day 2 Jaguars today, off and rolling for the next two hours. Tony Smith's got the day off. So does Tom McManus, uh, by the way. But I got my man E.T., my left-hand man. Yeah. You're my left side, so you got to be the left-hand man today. Uh, you know, why is it the right-hand man that is always the, you know, wh- wh- why is or is it just that we're a society that's right-handed dominant? Yeah. It's got to be Majority, it, Majority, right? yeah. That's got to be it. E.T., how are you uh, enjoying your... Your first on-site broadcasting week at the Players. It's beautiful, man. Look at this, <laughs> this view. The people is popping out here right now. It's, it is. It's right. Well, it's Friday. And uh, usually Friday, you know, you get half days. You got a lot of people taking half days on Friday to come out to the Players. Get off at noon, and then they come on out. But I think they're maybe starting a little early today. Uh, maybe a little worried about the weather coming up later on this afternoon. I don't know what to tell you. I keep hearing Donna Murphy's update saying thunderstorms this afternoon. Alexa told me intermittent clouds, man. So, you know. <laughs> and whatever Alexa say goes. I, I, that's, well, you know, I don't look much beyond what's right in front of my nose. So I, I wake <laughs> up in the morning. Uh, what am I going to wear today? Hey, Alexa, what's the weather in Ponte Vedra Beach? Uh, so if you're listening, I don't know how that works. Like if you're listening to something on Alexa and it comes through, your Alexa, like if you're listening to the 1010XL stream right now, would it switch or would it tell you, would it interrupt this broadcast to tell you that it's going to be a high of 79 degrees? At least that's what it told me today. feels like it might already be 79 degrees out here. I don't know. But uh, it's a beautiful, gorgeous day here on the First Coast. Once again, we'll talk Jaguar football with you for the next couple hours. And... Keep an eyeball on the tournament, or more than one. Uh, High-flying Jack O'Brien will have the updates for the next three hours here on Jaguars today. Free agency is right around the corner, E, and usually this is our time to shine. As Jaguar fans, right, as an organization, we win off seasons. We don't win seasons very often, but uh, that seems to hopefully be flipping a little bit right now. And, uh, again, you know, it's going to be, I think, a case of hurry up and wait and uh, free agency gets here. I'm sure there are some still hopeful Juwan Taylor is going to remain a Jaguar. I, I just don't see the math working out for him at this point in time. I uh, saw a list I was telling Dan Hicken uh, a few minutes ago that ranked 
among all the players who have not re-signed with their teams, the top free agents available heading into next week. Juwan Taylor is number five overall on the list. Number five overall. I mean, this is a guy that we looked at last season like, man, I hope Walker Little beats him out at right tackle, right? we got to upgrade that spot. And all of a sudden, Juwan Taylor put it together in a contract year. He's only 25 years old, man. Talk about hitting uh, the NFL lottery, so to speak. It's not just that he didn't work hard. It's not that he didn't perform well. He did. But if you based it on his first three years' body of work, nobody would talk about him being the top offensive lineman available at this point in time. But, hey, that's the situation he finds himself in. Good for Juwan. Not necessarily great for the Jaguars. But if that's the lone starter piece that they lose this year, you're always going to have some attrition. You're going to have to get used to that going forward, especially when Trevor Lawrence is making 50, 60, who knows how many millions in a season. Of course, the salary cap is going to continue to rise, but uh, you know, got to keep tinkering along the edges here and uh, get this team to where we want it to go. I saw a piece uh, over at Pro Football Network uh, today, Gilbert Manzano. I think it was him. I mean, I'm, you know what? It might have been SI. As a matter of fact, and he was talking about the top teams in the uh, – yeah, Gilbert's over at SI.com right now. He used to cover the uh, Chargers for a, yep. a, a while. And the way he wrote it up was basically – now, it wasn't – it was – I looked at so many things this morning. They had – they said Kansas City's the, the class of the AFC. All right, that's fine. That's fair, right? They've won two Super Bowls in the last four years, and uh, they're the reigning Super Bowl champ. Cincinnati and Buffalo are contenders – but basically, Jacksonville is on the brink of joining that group and then saying, can the Ravens, can the Chargers and teams like that get to that level? It's nice to – I mean, how far they've come in two years, basically. Really in one year. One year. But since they got Trevor Lawrence and the disaster of that rookie season to now have them mentioned by national publications as the team that's on the brink of crashing the party – on a consistent basis, and it's not going to go anywhere for uh, quite a while. As long as you got the QB in place, that's the major piece. As long as you don't completely mismanage the rest of the roster, it's a good feeling, man. Oh, I love it. We, like I, I like to say that we're a year ahead, man. We are a year ahead. That mulligan year, I'm going to keep calling it that. Yeah. Which year is a mulligan. Last year we we did the unexpected, and now next year we're going well, to take that thing. See, I, I feel different. I said this before, I don't feel like we're a year ahead. I feel like we're on pace because when we got Trevor Lawrence, I think most people said they should be contending for a division title by his second year, right? And granted, maybe you didn't feel that way a year into it. You said, oh, we, now we got to start over. But then they caught up to where I think a lot of people expected them to be. If you said, hey, can the Jags win eight, nine, or ten games – in year two under Trevor Lawrence, when he was drafted, if they add some good pieces around him, don't completely mismanage the team, I think a lot of people would have felt like if this guy is truly the generational quarterback, I use the that's the noise I'm using for air quotes right there, that they would be there. And so then people try to, you know, I, I don't give them that mulligan year. You know, I, it's we're right where we should be. They contended for the division. They took the division in the last week of the season. And now, you know, this is a season where you go in expecting them to win the division, expecting them to be a double-digit win team, particularly E. You get six games against the AFC South. You get another four against the NFC South Mm -hmm. this year. So even though some of those teams are going to get improvements at quarterback, like Derek Carr going to the Saints makes them better maybe than they were with Andy Dalton as their primary quarterback last year, that's still arguably the weakest division in football. And to have that on your schedule is not a bad thing. 
I'm looking forward to the season. I'm looking forward. I'm interested to see what, what Derek Carr does with, with the Saints because that division has been the weakest division for a long time. Well, I don't know. For I mean, the Bucks won the Super Bowl just a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. You know, so you right. you look at it, and that it's hard to say. Like, was the AFC South good or bad a couple of years ago? Tennessee was the number one seed in the AFC, right? Yeah. But they also lost in the first round of the playoffs. So you know, it fluctuates. Everyone you know thought last year that the AFC West was going to be this juggernaut, top to bottom. Yeah. Right. Raiders, not so much. Broncos, not so much. Chargers got into the playoffs, but, uh, you know, we took care of business there. And the Chiefs are the Chiefs, and that's who they are. But what they looked at those quarterbacks in that division and said, well, this is what's going to play out. People looked at the NFC East and said that division may stink. And then, you know, it was a lot more competitive. You had the Giants in the playoffs. You had the Cowboys in the playoffs. You had the Eagles in the Super Bowl. So, we don't always know exactly what's going to go down. That's the beautiful thing about football. You just never know. You just never know. Because also, like I said, um, I keep saying that we're a year ahead. That year that we like we played horrible and coming into the season, uh, like a lot of us, we a lot of us predicted the Jags to win about six games. Oh, no doubt. You know, a lot of us predicted them to win six games, and they won nine, and they won a the playoff game. So that's why I say that we're a year ahead. I grant you where we felt they were this time last year, but if you went back two years. Right after they drafted Trevor Lawrence, oh, yeah. he said, you know, don't expect it to all happen his rookie season, but by year two, is it reasonable to think they can contend for that division? I think a lot of people would have said, yeah, I hope so, if he is what he is really cracked up to be, which is why these teams are clamoring so much to, uh, you know, move up potentially and get that quarterback uh, in this NFL draft. Because if you get him, if you get the right one, they can change the franchise. And, and you look at the Jets. The Jets are like, yeah, we're not going to sit around and wait. The old school would have been Zach Wilson would have may not have played for a year and a half, two years, and then he would have come in and it would have taken another two years to find out he absolutely stinks out loud. Mm-hmm. And now you throw him in there and they sink or swim. And, I mean, you know, Arizona set the precedent when they drafted Josh Rosen 10th overall and kicked him to and the curb after him. one season, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Kyler Murray came along. So, you know, you go years back. Uh, with the, the Jags, they had Leftwich, and then they could have had Roethlisberger the next year. You're just not going to make that move, you know? And Roethlisberger, you look at Roethlisberger's careers, career numbers, mm. they're ridiculous. I mean, really, nobody talks about him as a Hall of Famer, but just on the stats alone, he holds up pretty well against some of the better uh, contemporary quarterbacks of the era. All right, uh, so E.T. and I, along with the high-flying Jack O'Brien, will have the updates for you. You'll be hanging out at Sawgrass Square all morning, as I mentioned, talking Jaguar football, obviously. Got uh, Demetrius Harvey dipped his toe into the mock draft water, so we're going to grill his uh, mock draft. Oh, we're going to rake him over the coals today. And he didn't just do like a first-round mock. What he did was he did an all-Jaguar mock, like went through every pick for the Jags. Now, you got to project who might be available at those spots. So he didn't do a seven-round full mock for every team. He did a seven-round mock for your home team. So we'll put uh, the screws to Demetrius' mock draft a little bit today and have some fun with that. Demetrius, uh, our guy over at the Florida Times Union, but uh, don't think that we won't be hypercritical if we need to be. Oh, we will. Right? Uh, So today's uh, Chad and Sandy Real Estate question of the day uh, is a good one, I think, simply because we're getting some pretty good Uh, votes across the board on this. So uh, as things stand right now, presume that Juwan Taylor leaves in free agency. When you consider this question, if the Jaguars were to select from these particular four players with the 24th pick 
in the 2023 NFL Draft. Who would you want him to take? Your options are defensive back Brian Branch, edge rusher Nolan Smith out of Georgia, offensive lineman Osiris Torrance out of Florida, or tight end Darnell Washington out of Georgia. So four SEC guys. And by the way, if you say, well, so-and-so's not likely to be there, maybe, maybe not. One of these guys is probably going to be there. Certainly, uh, there's a possibility that any of them could be. In fact, CBS Sports' Josh Edwards has a mockout where all of them are on the board when the Jaguars' pick comes up at 24. That mock just came out yesterday. So uh, we already had over 300 votes on this since we posted it before the show this morning. So you can hop on and uh, vote and uh, give us your opinion that way. You can also be a part of the program. Uh, call in, tell us what's going on in your mind. Uh, you can tell us about your on-course experience if you're out here yesterday at the players as well. It's 641-1010, same number for the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures. And with Fat Tony off today, your Twitter handles are limited to at MD underscore 1010XL and at IME to the T. Come on, somebody. Nice little Jaguar print uh, shirt you're wearing today. Yeah, I figure, uh, you know what I'm saying, this old, oh, this old thing? This old thing. Yeah. Once again, at the bottom of the hamper, <laughs> just reached in there, man. G- gave it a sniff like you did back <laughs> in your college days. And uh, passed muster, put this thing uh, on. I can make it through class. And uh-huh. uh, we'll worry about the later when later arrives. All right, uh, we'll keep you updated right now. Uh, minus eight for Chad Ramey yesterday coming into the day. Still holding up, but who are the players that are making moves up the leaderboard? Jack O'Brien's going to keep you posted throughout the next three hours. Mike Dempsey, E.T., and Jacko hanging out at Sawgrass Square. Stop by, say hello if you're heading out to the players this morning. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. All Jags, all NFL, Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, Jaguars Today hanging out live at Sawgrass Square. Once again, if you're rolling in uh, by the 10th tee box, uh, look to your right, stop by, say hello. But if we got the headset on and our mouths are running, we're probably live on the air. So understand. (laughs) I don't know how many uh, times you've been on remote like that, but you'll have somebody walk up uh, to you right at the front of the table and just start having a conversation with you. And uh, it it always amazes me, but it's something you can count on. It's one of the great joys of doing live radio out in the public. But uh, It's happened a couple times to me today. You know, uh, it it does. It does happen. But you know what? That's the worst thing that happens to us when we're out here. And that's likely the worst thing that will happen to us. We're having a pretty good Friday morning slash afternoon. I thought those were your cookies, man. I thought yeah. the lady brought those cookies to you personally. Shout sir. out, Miss Mary, but but yeah? but sharing is caring. Oh, all right. I just because I felt like High Flying Jacko just kind of didn't really ask about that. I think he took advantage of the fact that you've had a headset on right now and you can't argue with him. He did, but I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna argue. You know what all right. I'm saying? I like Jacko. Meet him at the flagpole after the show. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, apparently, that's, that's the, the, thing. the thing that's going down. By the way, um, as a guy who fell down the fight video rabbit hole uh, over the last two weeks. No, just like uh, in the last two weeks. You know, I kind of backed off of it. Don't think just – I mean, I hear Hick and no fighting over 50. There's some OGs out there that will <laughs> tap, tap on your jaw if you're not careful, at least according to uh, what the Internet shows me. So uh, I'm a lover, not a fighter, and not much of uh, one of those either. So if you want to get in today, talk a little Jaguar ball, 641-1010. Uh, you know – I'm not much of a sports gambler, E. Like, I don't consider fantasy football gambling, right? Okay. But just in terms of wagering, I, I'm not a guy. You know, I know a lot of friends, especially people in the fantasy industry, who've really bought into the whole sports wagering stuff, and it, it, it almost takes over your life. I mean, obviously, for some people, it does. But when I do 
dabble. I like the parlays, right? Because I, I I don't want to sit here and give me plus one ten. I don't want to win eleven bucks on a ten dollar bet <laughs> or whatever. It is a waste of time. If I'm gonna bet and and risk something, I want you know I'm the lottery ticket buyer. You know I'm I'm the guy who nah ten million dollars with a lotto is not good enough. When it gets up to half a billion, then I'm interested, right? Because either way, I don't have much of a chance to win it. So I want the payoff to be big. But with that in mind. I'm bad at parlays because all it takes is one wrong team, and right. it blows the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of like my picks for the players this week. Right? We did our contest. Give us your top three. I went with uh, Scotty Scheffler, who would have been my pick to win the whole thing. He's four under par coming into today. He hasn't teed off yet. Went with Victor Hovland, who is seven under par right now. Got the uh, bounce off the bulkhead. On 17, I've had that bounce off the bulkhead on 17, too. Mine don't stay on the green. My, mine go boing right back into the lake. But then I uh, I compounded my issues with the Rory McIlroy. Oh, so, you know, yeah. four over par coming in, and right now the cut line is even par. So uh, we'll see. Only, a, you know, you had a handful of guys going deep into the red numbers yesterday, but just a lot of people in general, uh, even money or under par by uh, two, three, four shots, something like that. So we'll keep an eye on all that throughout the course of the day, and we're starting to get some more recognizable names up on the leaderboard, including former champ uh, Jason Day, uh, two under on the day and four under par for the tournament. Again, the uh, Jaguars today, Chad and Sandy Real Estate question of the day. If the Jags were to select from this quartet of players with the 24th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, who would you want them to take, assuming Jawan Taylor walks? If Jawan Taylor somehow the Jags managed to bring him back. Offensive line's off the table early in this NFL draft. I don't think anybody at this point with free agency right around the corner expects that to happen. Why, you know, like, I think it was me O'Brien saying to us the other day, might have been Demetrius yesterday, wonder if Arden Key will, you know, pass up the chance and, and sign. Why, if you're this close to finding out what your market value is, as much as Arden Key enjoyed his year in Jacksonville, why wouldn't he go out there and see if somebody wants to splash, you know, $15 million on an edge rusher? Uh, and you'd be surprised. I mean, Marcus Davenport had a really down year last year, but he got a lot of pressures and didn't have a lot of sacks to show for it. And he's always been hurt. I've seen projections where Marcus Davenport now will be formerly of the Saints shortly, could make upwards of $20 million a year. And the guy, had he, he would be... Somewhat the equivalent, I guess, of Trayvon Walker. A lot of good traits, but where's that production? I'm going to gamble on the traits, right? So don't be shy. Your jaw may hit the floor by how much money Arden Key makes on the open market. He plays a premium position, like the, the quarterback, the left tackle, and the defensive end. Those are premium positions, and he hasn't hit a big. He hasn't hit that payday yet, has he? No, no, no. See, I mean, this was well last year. I mean, he had to sign. He signed a one-year. What was it? Four million dollar, like a prove, prove it, it deal. Man. Yeah, and he has that opportunity to, to go into free agency. How could you turn that down? How could you turn that away? I know I couldn't. But what I like to see, and I, it may have been ESPN again. I've got like fifteen windows open on my uh, iPad <laughs> here, and I can't find the exact phrasing. And I mentioned in the first segment where. Uh, they were talking about Kansas City, the class of the AFC, and then you had Buffalo and Cincinnati knocking on the door, and the Jags about to join that level, right? I mean, that was the kind of the feeling, at least the level of the immediate challengers to Kansas City coming on fast. And so when you're in a situation like that, maybe they can 
get a Justin Houston type guy, a vet who's done it, who's made his money, and now is in ring chasing mode. Yeah. You know, let's come in and and see if I can cap my career in a good environment and maybe have a realistic chance to chase a ring. And, and Justin Houston had nearly 10 sacks last year, making $3 million. And Justin Houston, that would have led this Jaguars team in he, sacks. Right, it would have led them. And, uh. and at what economic cost? Not very much. He made $3 million last year? He made $3 million bucks, yep. and he's a rotational guy who's only you know going to play primarily on third down. That's okay. That's Absolutely. what we want him for. That's a lot of what Arden Key did for this team. Don't get me wrong. Arden Key is much younger. Love to have him back, but that's the Jags need to start now before they could throw money at a problem, right? And Shad Khan was willing to do that, and whatever amount that was, what it took, they set a record for like guaranteed money or, or committed last year in free agency. They can't do that anymore, so now you are in a position where it's the team, the attractiveness of joining what's happening here in Jacksonville that's got to be the selling point, so you got to start hitting – on those, I don't even call them bargain basement guys, but those lower level, you know, just a couple of, uh, you know, slightly over veteran minimum types that have a track record and see if you can squeeze a little more uh, juice out of that uh, that orange for and, the next year or two. And Justin Houston would be perfect because you never hear anything bad about him. So, you know, because you don't want to bring the wrong person in here to this locker room because we feel like everybody in this locker room, they're all gelling. Even the guy like yes. Calvin Ridley who's coming. He's not there yet, but we know he's going to fit the locker room. And, you know, Justin Houston is that guy. He'll bring that veteran presence, and he's going to fit in the locker room. Yeah. Almost like a Calais Campbell type guy. Right. And he, he wouldn't be necessarily – I mean, yes, in the sense that he would fit in, be a respected guy, uh, guy you're not going to have to worry about, things like that. But, I mean, Calais had the benefit of being that guy and also being – Arguably the best guy on the team, right? Right, where, and where he's coming in, Justin Houston. We don't expect him we to don't. Do that. You don't need to lead in that category. Right. Just don't detract from the direction it's heading right yep. now. Calais helped turn the culture, <laughs> yeah. right, as much as possible. And you, you, you think back, and yet you, you know, we've spent so much time on this program over the years looking back because the the future hasn't always been that bright, and it's just a shame how there were so many egos in that locker room. That looked at Calais as, oh, company man, this guy. Like, and he's trying to be a part of something that's bigger than him, you know? And, uh, you know, we all know how that went down. It, it is a different feeling. We talked a lot about that this week. I retweeted somebody's tweet last night, like, you know, hard to believe we're kind of in this position and, and, and what's happening here. And I just felt like, man, that's exactly how I feel and exactly how I've been feeling uh, really since the season ended. So, uh, you want to get in uh, and uh, do this? Somebody mentioned on the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures, didn't Dwight Freeney uh, come in and do that uh, with the Cardinals or the Falcons? I think it – was it the Cardinals? Dwight Freeney, is that, it's that type of guy, the guy who's an established pass rusher that knows all the tricks, right, still has that juice but is not an every-down player anymore, right? That's exactly – the type of guy we're talking about here. The maybe, OG. Maybe it's Brandon Graham of mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Maybe it's a guy like that that, you know, it's not Javon Hargrave who's like 30-year-old defensive who, tackle who had 11 peaking. sacks uh-huh. who's going to make $20 million plus, right? you got to find the less than $5 million guy. And part of that is, too, for the 13th consecutive year, the Jaguars do not have a compensatory draft pick, right? Mm-hmm. That's because they have to keep overspending in free agency 
to add talent to this team, especially with all the blown draft picks. Well, look at the last couple of draft classes and how many starters that they pulled out of there. If the two first-rounders from last year fulfill their potential, Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd, and get to that point, and you start to look at what else they've been able to add. You know, Luke Fortner was an every-game starter for them. You look back to the year before, Walker Little's a valuable piece. You got Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne in the first round. Uh, you you know, last year you had Muma. Uh, who am I forgetting from um, from two years ago? Uh, it's going right out of my head. Uh, uh, you had Tyson Campbell. Okay. You, had, you had a bunch. All kinds of guys uh, that have contributed. I think the Jags have done a better job drafting in the first three to four rounds in the last few years. Is it perfect? No. But you can't swing and miss like they've done for so many years uh, You know, under Dave Caldwell. And when you don't get that kind of production out of your first rounder, it just puts you so far behind, especially when you're picking high. And you're not going to have the success in free agency like they did last year every single year. You're not going to hit as many home runs. As they did. So, um, look, uh, Jawan Taylor walks. Maybe the Jags will pick up an extra third-round pick next year. I'm quite jealous at all the picks. You see San Francisco got three third-round compensatory picks this year. Uh, third, uh, the Washington got a compensatory pick in the third round from Brandon Sheriff coming here. Arizona got one in the third round from Christian Kirk coming here right. right we need to stop being the team that provides other teams with third round picks we got to get to the point where yeah occasionally we're going to get a guy because we've got so many good players that we have to retain that's going to get loose like Jawan taylor and he walks if we draft well and replace him then that's part of the formula you know there are teams like the patriots that don't go hard some years in free agency there's a cutoff point that once you get past that point anybody you sign doesn't count against a compensatory pick formula. So some of those teams sit back and wait, and they, they bide their time, and they're patient, like Baltimore, and occasionally they'll pluck that big-dollar guy, but oftentimes they wait for the Justin Houstons of the world to come along. So that's part of the next-level development that this team's got to take. You know, we're, we're talking about splitting hairs. Look at Buffalo, loaded team, loaded roster, and – you got Stephon Diggs coming out in the last couple of days going, I don't know what the hell's wrong with us. What, what, what's going on? Why aren't we better than we are? They reached a point where now it's Super Bowl or bust, mm-hmm. and that margin's so thin, man, because you, you've got all these teams in the AFC in particular that are absolutely loaded up. So can you work at the edges of that margin and close those gaps? You know, And uh, that's what it takes. You could be one of the best teams in the AFC for the next seven, eight years, and if you don't win at all, bust. Yeah. It's not a bust necessarily, you know. It's a, it's a fun ride, but it is fun. But is it not? If you don't win, is it not? Well, that's the thing. If, if Buffalo doesn't win a Super Bowl with this group of uh-huh. players in the next few years, and you know Josh Allen will remain there, but Stephon Diggs will age out, right. and, and other guys will come and go. Will that be considered a failure or coming up short? It, it probably will, will be. Yeah, that window is going to close, so they got to win soon. Yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, what do we got? Oh, we got a tie for the lead out here at the players. Somebody on the course is at three under par on the day, equaling uh, Chad Ramey's eight under total. Jack O'Brien will tell you who that is. Coming up momentarily, stop by, say hello. Jaguars today, Mike Dempsey, E.T., Fat Tony, and Tom McManus, both with the day off today and hopefully enjoying a little Florida sunshine as well. Hope you're planning to uh, make your way out here and again 
Be patient with the traffic. Heard one of Donna's updates earlier. There was an accident on A1A uh, coming off of Butler. So, you know, either way, there's going to be traffic regardless. So uh, just be patient, plan ahead, and we'll see you out here on the golf course. You're listening to Jaguars Today live in Ponte Vedra Beach. Mike Dempsey and ET, Jaguars Today on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags, Jaguars Today on 1010XL. Oh, it is definitely a more highly populated Sawgrass Square at this hour, at least. I mean, I know a lot of folks were out here yesterday, but there is everybody. Man, by the way, the beverages flow early. Like, you know, they really do. I'm not, uh, I can't do it, man. Like, back, I I told the story once or twice. It's kind of disgusting in a way, but it's also kind of uh, something that makes me proud. Uh, Spring break in college one year. Uh, used to come home to Deland from Flagler College. You know, it was only an hour away. So, right. so my friends would come with me. We'd all crash. My mom was the best. You know, put fifty people up. She, you know, as long as they can sleep on the floor, she didn't care. You know, just right. was that kind of mom. And so we all came home, uh, and there were like uh, maybe five of us, and we're going to Daytona, which was the thing to do. You had to uh-huh. go to Daytona. MTV would set up right there, and we'd <laughs> yeah. be like right there in the midst of everything. It was unbelievable uh, at, for you know that moment in time. And one day we decided, you know what, today no beverages unless they're alcoholic. Oof. Starting from breakfast. And uh, I, I may have poured some beer on some cornflakes that day. Actually, they might have been frosted flakes. I know. Just to kind because yeah. it was more like a – <laughs> watch me kind of thing. Yeah. It was disgusting. <laughs> I didn't eat them all, but I did take a couple of bites. But I do wonder, like, are you going to pace yourself, people, Ooh. out here? Right? It's a little steamy. And, uh, you know, just be careful out here. And uh, maybe maybe alternate um, adult beverage, bottle of water. Adult, that is a good trick. That it really does help you. It was never one I adhered to, E. Like, now that I'm a little bit older and wiser, uh, I, I would maybe go that route. But, uh they're starting early out here at Sawgrass. I do it whenever I can remember, but some, a lot of times <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't remember. If you start strong on the hand, you might not remember. And then I go right back to the bar and get another yeah. one. Yeah, right. And well, you know what? The ice melts if you have any ice in your drink. The ice is going to yeah, melt a little bit. There, there's water's the water. There you go. There's the water. Right. You eat. eat a couple of ice cubes. Boom. You're good. Exactly. Uh, all right. So we got Ben Griffin, Chad Ramey at eight under par, leading the way out here at the Players uh, Day Two. So far, Colin Moore, Kawa, uh, yet to tee off. Victor Hovland on the course right now. He's through 10 holes, started on the back nine. So uh, he just played, what would that be, number one. I can do math. And uh, shot a, what do you have, a 69 yesterday. So uh, Hovland in good position, one shot off the lead. One of the favorites, uh, certainly, coming into the week. All right, so today's question of the day is interesting because it is getting so far – I think a lot of uh, consideration uh, for all the four in there. And I want to recap that in a second. I finally found the paragraph I've been talking about all morning. It was, I had to scroll down through a few articles on CBS, but here's what it reads. Talking about AFC free agent targets for every team at CBS Sports, okay? Uh, It says the Chiefs are clearly the best team in the conference. All right, agreed, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, fair is fair. While the Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo aren't far behind. Okay. That's also fair. Better get to us quick. Oh, next sentence. The Jacksonville Jaguars appear set to challenge the top three sooner rather than later. Again, let that wash over you. Let that wash over you from where they were 
10 games into this past season. <laughs> to November. They're 3-70. and 70, And, okay, yeah, they're a bunch of close losses, one-score losses. But, man, it's, you know, how many times have we heard we're one play away? We're, we're, we've beaten ourselves. We're, we heard that for, uh, for 15 years, right. right, the better part of. But the Jacksonville Jaguars appear set to challenge the top three sooner rather than later, while the Ravens and L.A. Chargers hope to emerge into the upper echelon of contenders. So you're saying we're kind of in the upper echelon of contenders right now, about to be on the level if we're not quite there yet of Cincinnati Buffalo. And, you know, you got to knock the king off the perch before you say you're on Kansas City's level. I think that's fair. And I know the Jags did not get embarrassed by the Chiefs last year in either of their matchups, but you got to beat them. You got to take that step and get beyond and be able to throw those haymakers with the, the very best. And look, man. No matter what you think about Aaron Rodgers, he's won two MVPs in the last three years. He goes to a Jets team Oof. that's got a really good defense and has Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore among his playmakers there. And don't think, as you saw Sauce Gardner uh, kind of allude to, there's going to be some package deals if Rodgers gets here. Who knows what he's hearing, but, you know, Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon, guys like that who've played with Rodgers for a while and are free agents could follow him along uh, to New York. So there's another potential contender you know Pittsburgh maybe not at that level right now but Mike Tomlin always has his team on the right side of 500 so you know they're gonna contend and who knows maybe you know like Sean Payton gets to Denver he straightens Russell Wilson out and they become that team that people thought they're gonna be and even though we believe the Jags are gonna run this ship in the AFC South the Titans did have to go into a pretty bad death spiral at the end of the season to give the Jags a chance to close that gap. The Jags took care of their business, head-to-head with the Titans. That was part of it. But if the Titans didn't falter against other teams as well, now I know that you know there's talk Derrick Henry may be shopped, and that's you know could go either way on that. Um, if he is, I think it's the white flag being waved. And I don't think there's I, – I mean, I would bet the – mortgage on the Jags winning the AFC South. I'm going to pick them anyway, even if, you know, Tannehill, Henry, and the whole lot are back in Nashville. But, uh, you know, so the, it, it's a crowded conference is the point, right? I named more than seven teams right there, and only seven of them are going to make the postseason. Our divi- like, like you said, the, the, the white flag is being waved. Our division, everybody knows, Jaguars are the king of this division right now. Two teams don't have a quarterback. They're talking about shopping Derrick Henry, who, who was potentially the best player in the division for a long time. It's our division. So the next step is to take on the conference, and the, the, it's a pretty strong conference, especially if Aaron Rodgers joins the, 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 the up-and-coming Jets. Um, and nobody's saying you're scared. Like, I'm not scared of Aaron Rodgers. I hear that. Not. Nobody, and we're not scared of anybody. No. I'm not scared of the Chiefs, for that matter. Right. I respect their ability, and you have to recognize, you don't have to, but I do, right. that, you know, that's a team you got to contend with and a team you got to go through. Uh, today's question of the day, and let's give you a quick update on where things stand on this. Uh, 400 votes in so far. If the Jags were to select from these four players with the 24th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, who would you want them to take, assuming Jawan Taylor leaves in free agency? And I left the, you know, part of it, you know, in your mind, you may factor, well, I think Evan Ingram's going to get a long-term deal. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't, right? Maybe Arden Key's back. Maybe he isn't, right? Now, there, there's some beautiful mystery here involved in this whole situation. But your options alphabetically are Brian Branch, the defensive back out of Alabama. And I list him as that. They list him as a corner at the Combine. He played a lot of nickel, but he also can play safety. So, you know, it's the versatility that appeals there. That's a guy that conceivably can start out as your nickel as a rookie, 
maybe, you know, at, at a certain point, you know, if Rayshon Jenkins is as good as he played last year, a year ago people would have thought, well, Rayshon's going to be a cap casualty, yep. right? So who knows what the future holds at the position. So there's Brian Branch, um, Nolan Smith, the edge rusher out of Georgia, athletic measurables through the roof. He, he does remind me a lot of Trayvon Walker, though, all these traits without – the production to back it up, but that doesn't mean he can't do it. Osiris Torrance out of Florida. Somebody uh, mentioned on Twitter in, in a reply to the question, why you know I wouldn't want to go Torrance because I don't want to go with a guard. He may be able to be your right tackle. You know, I think o- o- if Osiris Torrance is the guy, they may look at him and go, well, he'll definitely be able to beat out Ben Barge or Tyler Shatley at left guard. I'm not. I'm speaking for how I think they might think. Okay, that. He could walk in the door and be a day-one starter at guard, but we'll throw him in there and let him compete at right tackle because it's a more valuable position. We got by with Shatley, who was basically your number two guard last year, and it wasn't a catastrophe over there. Barch beat him out. So if Barch is back healthy, you know, if you had the right tackle position solidified, be it a rookie or whatever, Walker Little was your swing tackle, and you had the same interior three, I don't think that's the worst situation for the offensive line. I don't think so either. And that's where, like, the, this question of the day, that's where, like, the GMing comes into play. And it just it makes it fun because you have to think about the future. You have to think about, all right, cool, if we plug this hole for how long, okay, if we don't re-sign this player for how long. So, like, the chess matching. All right, bulky master class, what you going to do, man? Right, and it's not just are we going to resign Evan Ingram now? Uh-huh. It's like, who's rolling off next year? Who's rolling off in two years? Yeah. You know, and, and you got to constantly replenish. And then the fourth option is Darnell Washington, the tight end out of Georgia. And we've had, you know, we, we did that question, uh, who's your like? Who's the guy, if he's there at 24, you're running the card up to the podium, basically, right? Uh-huh. And a lot of people said Darnell Washington. Well, he's coming in fourth in this poll right now. And uh, more people are going with Osiris Torrance, but only about a third of them are voting. That direction. So he's got 34.1%, 26% going with Nolan Smith, the edge rusher, 21.7% going with Branch, and then Darnell Washington pulling 18. So that's not shabby for a fourth place in a four-man battle right oh, there. Man. Here's the question I want you to ponder, and we'll talk about this. And by the way, uh, Demetrius Harvey, when he did his mock for uh, Jacksonville.com, uh, the Florida Times Union, had Brian Branch as the pick. Uh, and, and he said he doesn't think it's likely that he's there. I don't know if we really know. You know, there, there's so many different scenarios that could play out uh, in this draft. And, you know, I think any one of these could reasonably be there. Would all four likely be there? Probably not. But if they were, who's your, your choice? We've got over 400 votes on that, so you can weigh in there. But think about this. Let's say all four of these are there. And you, you're like, man, this is tough. I right. like all these guys. I don't right? want all four of them to be there. All right, I, right, but but let's say they are. All right. All right, and we and we take one. Well, if all four of them are there, one thing you might be able to do is trade back a few spots. That's true. Right, yeah. and then move some of your later picks up, 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 because we're getting to the point now. E, are eight rookies going to make this football team? No, don't think so. Right, right. So. First of all, you usually miss on one or two picks in the late rounds, right? So yep. maybe you miss on a guy or two. Maybe they're just the team is too talented, and that's a good problem to have. So you start to think about consolidating picks. Can we take two or three and kind of like they did with Devin Lloyd last year, right? They took their yep. second, their fourth, and their sixth, and they said, we're going to get a guy who's going to be a starter for us for a long time. Let's hope that turns out to be the case. But here's a question to ponder, and we'll discuss it in hour number two. 
if you're sitting there with the scenario and there's no trade downs that are appealing to you, would you, as a Jaguar fan, be on board with the Jags taking your top choice out of that quartet and then giving up the rest of what they have in the draft? Basically cashing in the draft for two premium players. For two of those picks. Well, you'd have one anyway right. at 24. One you could get another but one. if you could get another one, <laughs> how much of that draft capital are you willing to spend? Because you've got to come up from 56 here. right? This is not coming up from the top of the second round like yeah. they did last year. right? So you're jumping up. 30 spots. Right. Right. Into the first round. So you got to give up some stuff. So, and, and we're, I'm not going to, you know, a lot of times to make that move, you might say, I'll give you 56 and I'll give you our first rounder next year uh-huh. or something like that. No, no, no. We don't want to touch that. Right. But would you give your third and your two fourths? You don't have a fifth. You're two six. I mean, how much of that draft capital would you push into the middle of the table? Now, I don't know if I, I would really depend to me on are they able to find some veteran bargains in free agency, right? Because mm-hmm. I need a corner on this team that can come in and compete. You know, I, I, we, need, we need some pass rush, and maybe one of those guys you take would be a pass rusher. Yeah. Maybe one would be a corner, but you also need offensive line. So Ooh. maybe they're not quite at the point where you'd push all your chips in for two guys, uh-huh. but is it, is it at all tempting to you at this point in time? It would be tempting to me. To do it, I'm not. I'm not saying I would do it definitively, and I probably wouldn't do it for a tight end. As much as Washington looks good, because this is a deep tight end class. If you're going to do that, then maybe I'm just going to wait and see if one of the tight ends falls to me in round two, something like that. But Ooh. but if he really stands above, because he's that that two way guy, that quote unquote sixth offensive lineman. Plus, he's got the ability to be a massive red zone weapon and. Who knows what Evan Ingram's long-term future is here in Jacksonville. It's at least something to think about. And they haven't been in a position to think like this in a long, long time because you've got a roster that's very solid in most spots, not too many glaring holes. Uh, the answer's probably no, but it's not, I don't think, an immediate no. You know, it's, it's something to consider. Oh, for sure. Oh, definitely thinking about it. All right, uh, we'll take a time out of here halfway home. Uh, the players not even halfway home. They will be by tonight. We've got now a three-way tie for the lead out here at TPC Sawgrass as uh, a familiar name, uh, certainly among the folks who were picking winners in our golf contest, has joined the crowd at eight under par. Jack O'Brien will get you updated on that. Mike Dempsey and E.T., Fat Tony and Tom McManus with the day off. What do you have a feeling? Is there a foul ball going to come in here in the next uh, couple minutes? we got a little baseball game breaking out on the green in front of us. So good. <laughs> you know, just to have your mitt ready. <laughs> have your mitt ready. One got away from Pop there, man. That kid's got an arm there, Dad. <laughs> you got to watch out for that youngster. So uh, it's all good, man. Uh, kids and, uh, and their parents, and it's a, it seems like a family day out here. Got to love the players, man. You got to love the players. It's a great atmosphere, and we're soaking in every second of it. We'll be back for hour two of Jaguars today, straight ahead on 1010XL 92. 2.5 FM. Now more Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, on the uh, text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, uh, we got uh, somebody asking about pass rush here. Um, you know, as we're talking about the Justin Houston type player, right? right. As they, they get into their you know, kind of their mid 30s, pass rushers that can still get after the quarterback, but maybe are not every down players every more. And um, they asked about uh, thoughts on Leonard Floyd and Frank Clark. Uh, Leonard Floyd, if he, was he already released by the Rams? If he's not, he, he's pending. Uh, but he's going to be a free agent. Frank Clark got released 
by the Kansas City Chiefs. Tony and I talked about Frank Clark a little bit last week. I think he's more of a 4-3 yep. guy, you know, that I, I – look, I don't know if Leonard Floyd would come in for the discount either because we're not paying this guy $12, 13000000 million like he's made the last couple of years. But the question is, have you made enough money that you're willing to chase a ring with an up-and-coming team for a fraction of that? Uh-huh. Uh, I think Leonard Floyd would be a better fit in a 3-4, but – you got to ask, is you know, again, a guy like that, is he an every-down player? Is He's used to being a starter. Mm-hmm. Would he come into a situation where maybe on early downs, Trayvon Walker's that outside spot, then on pass-rushing situations, Trayvon moves to the inside of the, the defensive line, and you have Floyd and Josh Allen on the outside. I mean, I, I like the idea. Is it feasible? I'm going to guess no, because I think there's probably a contender out there that's willing to pay Leonard Floyd more than the Jaguars would be willing to pay. We're not the only contender in town that's looking for pass rush. Right. Guess what? All of them are. Every, right? yeah. I mean, oh, just about every single one. Maybe even the Eagles, right, who had four 10-sack guys E, but Hargraves hitting free agency. Um, Graham. Graham, thank you. I just slipped my mind there for a second. Uh, couldn't think of his name. Uh, hitting free agency as well. So, uh, you know, it's uh, – what I, out of the two, I'd prefer Leonard Floyd. I think he'd be less expensive, and I think he'd be a better fit. I got to agree with you, Mike. Hey, Frank Clark ain't coming here for no discount. And he already has two – so he already has two Super Bowls. And also on top of that, he's like more of a traditional 4-3 defensive end. So that like I think Leonard Floyd would definitely be a better fit. Um but I, I don't see either of them really coming. No, I, I, I don't either. And I, I don't know what Frank Clark expects to make at this point. I mean, again, the, the mystery of him, regular season numbers, eh, just meh. Postseason, Post-season my yeah. man turns it up, <laughs> right? Does. And it's like, ah, uh, you know, we need that to get to the postseason. Uh-huh. We don't just don't want to get to the postseason, by the way. We just don't want to just win the division. Winning the division is good, guarantees you a home game. Let's start climbing the ladder, uh-huh. right? Let's not be – the four seed, right? Uh, let's be the two seed, right? And let's uh, make everybody but Kansas City come to us. Let's be the one seed. Uh, but I'm trying to be a little bit realistic here, not be super greedy. But I do think the schedule sets up for the Jags this year. Six games combined in the division, Titans, Texans, Colts. Uh-huh. All of them going to be winnable. Man, we need to sweep. That need to be a clean sweep. Right. I mean, you'd like to think that, right? But here we look at it last year, and the Colts and the Texans beat them. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, so it's like, right? And I hope we get, we're get we graduating to the point where we're going to stop making the dumb mistakes. We're going to stop having the letdown games. We're going to stop losing the teams that we should beat. I, I hope. So I'm going to say 5-1. and one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's probably – like, I'm with you. Is the potential there to sweep the division – Absolutely. Yes, but then again, that we're presuming, are the Jags going to stay 100% healthy? They were super healthy last year, right? So, either way, that's as in terms of a division favorite, looking at those six games that you know you have to play in your division, I think the Jags have as good as just about anybody in the league right now, right? And then you add that the NFC conference you play is the South. you got the Bucks who have one quarterback, Kyle Trask, on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll be good. Maybe he won't be. They were just mediocre with Brady, right? They're taking a step back. Carolina going to be starting probably a rookie quarterback, right? Atlanta, maybe Desmond Ritter's their quarterback. I don't know. We're going 17 and 0, Mike. We're going 17 and 0. I'll take, I'll take uh, 
I'll take 10 of them <laughs> against the South right here. And I mean, really, I don't know about 17, but like you really have 10 games that are set. And yes, New Orleans in that mix too. And they got Derek Carr, but look, I'm not afraid of Derek Carr. You know, I mean, that's the class of the division right now because they know who their quarterback is. And that's what it comes down to. And they're usually competitive and all that stuff. But still, if you're going to pick a division to play, I think that's the division. Absolutely. You could argue with the NFC North be that because Chicago was the worst team in the league. Aaron Rodgers could be departing. We don't know if Jordan Love's going to be any good or not, no matter but, what they but say. Detroit kicked us in Detroit the face. Detroit did kick him in the teeth, right? And so I think Detroit's going to be a playoff contender this year. And Minnesota was good. They're a team that, you know, they're that regular season darling. Mm-hmm. But still, you're going to play them in the regular season under that scenario. So you look at that, I guess you look out west, the Rams are mailing it in yep. right now. Can Geno Smith uh, replicate? The season he had last year, I saw a piece on PFT for all the, the money. You see these contracts come out, right? And Geno Smith signs three-year X-million-dollar deal, right? Mm-hmm. The out is if Seattle wants to move on from him, they can basically turn it into a one-year $28 million contract. And $28 million for a starting quarterback who played as well as Geno did last year is not crazy, mm-hmm. right? So Geno could make $28 million. They could move on. Seahawks could be drafting a quarterback with the sixth pick Next, in the draft. Or this year. Right now, yeah. yes, and have him. Because if you think that Geno's going to be pretty good again, they got that pick from Denver, right? They didn't earn the sixth pick. So – Next year, are you in position to get a quarterback? Maybe not. So maybe you get one now. This maybe year, you trade right. up three spots to assure you get one of the top three. You know, so, but you, Seattle um, is Arizona going to be any good with Kyler Murray missing maybe half the season? Who knows, right? So, but San Francisco is a beast, mm-hmm. right? And I think they will be a beast again. So again, I think if you're if you're cherry picking, NFC South is the uh, division you absolutely. Want to play? All it right. would be nice if Seattle jumped and went and got a quarterback, though, because I don't want both all those quarterbacks in our division. That would be nice. Man. The, the thing of it is, though, even if they jump and do that, that doesn't guarantee that is the right one. Well, no, like Houston's at two, so at worst, Houston's going to be picking second, uh-huh. right? So let's say Indy could jump up to number one. Okay, so they jump up to one, and then. It goes into Houston get their choice to any quarterback uh-huh. anyway, and right? Still, and right. then Seattle could still move up. Like if if Arizona takes Will Anderson at three, then Chicago's sitting at four after a trade with Indy, and and they wanted Will Anderson. Maybe they consider all right. Would we move back two more spots? Still get a premium player, and now we've traded back two, maybe three times, and we're still picking in the top ten. That scenario's in play potentially. This year, so even if Seattle moves up, that doesn't mean the top two quarterbacks off the board aren't coming to the AFC South. In fact, it's probably likely. That I know, they are. I know, man. But that doesn't mean they're all gonna click. You know what I mean? I mean, they may, they may. I ain't afraid. Though. Come on, I'll give you. It, would you take Trevor Lawrence's career, or if I could say, if I could give you the bowl that's full of. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson say, oh, I'm will, Trevor Trevor. Out, will Trevor outperform all of them? All you got to do is have one have a better career than Trevor. I'm still betting on Trevor Lawrence Me in too. that scenario. Me too, got a better pedigree. He's shown it at this level. So bring it. Yeah. You know, Look, they're not going to sit there and run Matt Ryan-level quarterbacks out there forever, right? <laughs> We're going to have to beat some better players along the way. All right, uh, when we come back here, we'll look at uh, Demetrius Harvey's offering today. A seven-round Jaguar-only mock draft. 
for the Florida Times Union, our man uh, D. Harv, putting uh, some brain power together on what the Jags might do. And to me, it's more about, you know, positions than it is specific players. It's impossible to know who's going to be available at the 24th pick, never mind the 56th pick, and on and on and on. And I'm quite sure Demetrius is going to handle his business when it comes to the positions that the Jaguars are looking at uh, because he knows what he's talking about. But we'll have a little fun with that coming up. High-flying Jack O'Brien's got an update for you. Moments away with a three-way tie still at the top of the leaderboard and Colin Morikawa lurking as well. Yet to tee off. He'll tee off in the hour after we go off the air today. Fat Tony and Tom McManus with the day off today. E.T. hanging out with me live in Ponte Vedra at the Players. Day two, you're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Now it looks like Victor Hovland may have thrown a double bogey up there on the board uh, at some point. He fell a couple of shots back now, six under par here at the Players. Ben Griffin, Chad Ramey tied for the lead uh, today. Ramey goes off at 107 today. He was your clubhouse leader overnight, and Colin Morikawa, one off the pace, goes off at 1245. Ramey will go off on 10, which is uh, within eyesight of us right now, and uh, you'll have Morikawa going off on the front side Today, I want to get to uh, Demetrius Harvey's mock here momentarily. I want to check in on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure. 641-1010 will get you on board there. That'll um, put you right in front of my eyeballs. Uh, today's question of the day as well uh, is uh, if the four players that we've been discussing uh, this morning a little bit were all available with the 24th pick, which way would you like to see the Jaguars go? We had uh, Brian Branch in there. We had Nolan Smith in there. Oh, Osiris Torrance and Darnell Washington, so you can cast your vote there. Uh, we'll give you our thoughts on that coming up and uh, take a look at where things stand with all of that. All righty, I got a lot of different things uh, happening right in front of my face. Let me see if I can find uh, what I was looking at momentarily uh, ago. Here we go. <laughs> this, is, this is great. All right. Let me just say, I, I can't speak for – we don't like to speak for any other programs right. on the station, but I will say I think most of them would agree – that this is not crybaby radio that of we do. Of course not. So if you can't handle a little criticism of your favorite player, <laughs> then you're t- just tune out. I mean, you're not – we are we want the Jags to succeed. We want every player that the Jags bring in to succeed. But we're also not going to sit here, you know, with our eyes closed going, la, 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 la. We, we, we can't see or hear what's actually happening. So this on the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Do you know Dempsey? First of all, he wrote Deb C, but I assume that's me. Uh, do you know, Dempsey, that you cut down Tyson Campbell his first year? Now he's the best in the league. Hold on. First off, he's not the best in the league, okay? Uh-huh. He's a rising player. you Georgia Homer, okay? <laughs> and did we criticize Tyson Campbell? Absolutely. Because he wouldn't turn his he head turn around his head. and find the ball? Uh-huh. You're damn right we did. And if he continues to do it this year, we'll do it again, all right? So if you can't handle that, Go get into your little Georgia safe space and crawl off in the corner, okay? And then he follows up. Now you're trying to talk blank about Trayvon Walker because you're a loser Seminole. Really? (laughs) Or or maybe it's because he was the number one freaking pick in the draft and he didn't give you that kind of pass rush impact. He goes, well, you should look up Chris Jones, you big mouth. Look up Chris Jones for a season. Chris Jones was the 37th pick in the draft, okay? He was a second-rounder. He's not expected to perform immediately like the number one pick in the draft. If you think that Trayvon Walker and Tyson Campbell are above criticism, 
Go into your little go go celebrate your national championships. That's good for you at that level of football. That's a nice level of football to root for. But it ain't the big boys, okay? This is the NFL, and we're gonna be objective and critique these guys. So if you can't handle that, this is probably not the show for you. Man, okay? I'll tell you what, Georgia fans love their bulldogs. You better no, not say this is not safe space radio. Okay, <laughs> it's just not. And we're not gonna coddle anybody, and that included Trevor Lawrence. We criticized him his rookie year. Yep. Needed to be better. Sorry. Guess what? He was. And when Tyson Campbell improved, you know what we did? We praised him, and we recognized it. If Trayvon Walker does that, no one's saying Trayvon Walker never will be any good, but show us the goods, okay? And then we'll say, hey, you know what? You're becoming the player that they drafted you to be. But if you think Trayvon Walker was the most impactful edge rusher they could have drafted as a rookie, you're wrong, and you're blind, and just, again, go wrap yourself in your little red and black blanket and suck your thumb in the corner. Now, most Georgia fans are not like that. They can handle a reasonable critique, but this one in particular, you know. Go dogs. Safe space radio. <laughs> that's, that's what it's about for some people, I guess. So, that aside, oh, my chesty. All right, uh, here we go. Demetrius Harvey. With the uh, Florida Times Union. Had him on earlier this week. Had him on yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, did a little seven-round mock just for the Jags. Uh, assuming no trades of any of these picks. Uh, Brian Branch for the Jags with the first-round selection. Uh, he's, according to Demetrius, doesn't think he's likely to make it that far in the draft. But if he does, uh, they ought to have the league office on the phone immediately when their pick is called. Which is interesting because, again, we're doing this poll here of four guys who all possibly could be available, including Branch. Branch is the third most popular selection right now. That doesn't mean that's the right thing. I mean, I don't think most people, if Brian Branch, depending on what they do in free agency, if they don't address the secondary much, which they probably don't have the capital to do much, um, if they take Branch, I don't think anybody's going to think that's a bad pick right on the face of it. Second round, Matthew Bergeron, offensive lineman out of Syracuse, 6'5", 318, started five games as a freshman, uh, became the first to start outside for the Orange as a freshman in 20 years, played both sides of the ball, including 31 games at left tackle, started eight games at right tackle over the course of his career. So a versatile, big offensive lineman. We're going to need some depth. And look, you bring that guy in, throw him on the right side, compete, let's see what happens. Uh, Throw him and Walker a little in the mix, may the best man win. Uh, Carl Brooks, a defensive lineman out of Bowling Green. This guy, despite the pass rush, he seems more like a space eater based on the size, 6'4", 303. But I do think, again, this is a scenario where they use all eight of their draft picks. I think interior of the defensive line is a likely spot. In fact, wouldn't shock me to see them go with that position at 24 mm-hmm. if, uh, if the right guy is sitting there. Uh, fourth round pick, uh, this again, Demetrius Harvey's look from the Florida Times Union. Luke Schoonmaker, tight end out of Michigan. Uh, Tight end? Uh, yeah, look, they got to mm-hmm. add to the room. Somebody asked on the text line, is Dan Arnold a free agent? Might they bring him back? They might. I, I think what they're going to be looking for primarily is, it, and this is, again, presuming we don't know what's going to happen with Evan Ingram, but let's say Ingram gets a three-year deal, right, and he's mm-hmm. going to be here. He's going to be your primary pass catcher. I think then your inline guy, like the man hurts type. That's why Darnell Washington's attractive. He can do some of both, right? He can be your in-line guy, but he can also impact you in the passing game. Uh, if they wanted Dan Arnold back, it wouldn't be that expensive, I wouldn't think. But they didn't use him when they had him here, you know? So, I don't know. Um, Chase Brown, running back out of Illinois. 
in the fourth round, 127th overall. Probably going to add a running back. Boy, they don't have a fifth-round pick. I don't know if I want them to even use a fourth-round pick on a running back. That, that doesn't mean it won't work, but they spent a fifth-round on Snoop Connor last year and, and got nothing out of him. Now, you got ETN's going to have to stay healthy this year. I mean, Jermichael Hasty could get you by for a few games, I think. But I think they will add a running back for competition. I got other priorities, you know, in terms of uh, positional needs that I, I – I, I don't know if I want a running back that high uh, for this particular football team. Now, I've made the case for B. John Robinson in the first round because I think he's a transcendent talent, mm-hmm. right? And you can find running backs late. Isaiah Pacheco was a, a seventh-round pick yep. last year. He's a freaking starting running back in the Super Bowl uh-huh. for the Super Bowl for champs. Super Bowl champs. Uh, let's see. Sixth round, Clendon Curtis, offensive lineman out of Chattanooga. Don't know much about him, but he is massive. Uh, 6'6", 324. With 35-inch arms, which you love, that's a great size for a tackle right there. So that looks like a developmental lineman. And now you're talking about getting depth because keep in mind, if you lose Juwan this year, depends on how Cam Robinson plays and how he returns from injury. He's only on a three-year deal. This is the second year. You know, it, that could be up in the air as to does Walker Little move to the left side and you're looking for your guy on the right. Here we've invested two picks that potentially could compete for that spot. Uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, wide receiver out of West Virginia in the sixth round. Uh, big guy who can run, okay? That fits because you don't have that guy. You don't have that 6'4 receiver in this offense How tall right is now. Calvin Ridley? Uh, Ridley's like six foot, I think. Oh, wow. I want to say 6'1", maybe, if I'm wrong. I could be wrong about that. He, he's not that six. He's uh-huh. not that you know massive body. He'll get open in the end zone, in the red zone, because of his route running, but you know, it's nice to have that one mismatch jump ball guy uh, that you can go to. So he'd be a developmental Six player one. as well. 6'1". There mm-hmm. you go. And then Cameron Brown, cornerback out of Ohio State, also in the sixth round here. Um, keeping in mind, Branch was your first-round pick in this scenario. He'd probably play nickel. Maybe Darius Williams rolls off the roster next year. Again, looking ahead. Uh, and then Will Mallory, another tight end out of the U, um, the basketball school. Uh, with the seventh round selection, <laughs> as he turns, he knows. Oh, come on. Leon knows. He turned his head immediately. I know. I said it for his. his you know, <laughs> Leon. I'm just out of range of that Leon punch. The punch. The infamous punch. I'm just out of range for that right now. If Leon scoots over about six inches in my direction, I'm getting up. <laughs> I'm running. Uh, so anyway, uh, Demetrius Harvey threw it out there. You can check it out at Jacksonville.com/sports and. As expected, Demetrius hits all the notes on terms of the positions that you're going to be looking for uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, you know, you, you can't hold anybody to who they mock with the 24th pick. Never mind the 200 and whatever 27th pick. Or right, anything like you just that. You never. You just you, it's impossible. All I want to see out of these mocks e, is people recognize the situation the Jags are in. Right, right. Like somebody said, uh, I saw a mock that had them drafting, or or no, it was it was not a mock. It was free agent targets, and it was Cam Sutton, the corner from the Pittsburgh Steelers, saying he could come in and challenge uh, either Tyson Campbell or Shaq Griffin for a starting job. <laughs> a, you're not challenging Tyson Campbell for a starting job. And B, everyone knew Shaq Griffin wasn't going to be here. Uh-huh. And so, like, I look at that and I'm like, yes, we could use corner, but 
you're not giving me a lot of confidence that you really know about this exactly, roster exactly, when you say yep, that. Mm-hmm. So, all right, uh, what are we at? Two-way tie for the lead. Jack O'Brien high-flying with the latest players update coming your way when we come back. We'll take a look at the Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day, giving you a quartet of options with the 24th pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then we'll hand things off to XL Primetime coming up at the top of the hour with ET live in Ponte Vedra. I'm Mike Dempsey. It's Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, final uh, segment of our week here for Jaguars today. My dog might feel in that beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to uh, say, like uh, you, but how can I uh, not? Uh, I'm, still, uh, I'm still out of Cersei's reach over here. He still yeah, can't get me. Yeah, he still can't get yeah, me. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Jaguars today starring E.T., Live out here at Sawgrass. Look at that line for the. Is that for that can't be for food? Right I th- now, that's for it? food. I guess it is. Right. I was thinking beverages, but uh, probably both. Right. A little of both, but uh, great food options out here. Great viewing options. It gets better every year. They just add, you know, more uh, platforms, more venues to enjoy. Whether that's uh, food and amenities, whether that's you know some place to kind of walk in and get a little bit out of the heat, whatever the case may be. And, and this is my message, fellas. Come out here and find your wife. Come out to the players. Because if you don't, E.T. might. <laughs> Come find your wife because she's probably out here. Come uh, find you your wife, your, your future. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Come find your future wife. Right, right. right. They're, they're, it, it's a, it's a target-rich environment. Uh, yes. uh, for both ladies, do the same. Absolutely. Right? Right? No yeah. one's discriminating No discrimination, here. yeah. And, uh, you know, come find your, your soulmate. Your, Absolutely. I, I thought you were saying, like, if your wife's out here and you're not <laughs> keeping an eye on her, no, 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 you're looking sharp today, E. Oh, so, you oh, know, I did put on the drip. You know, I, I thought saying? you might strut on out there, and the, you know, you have to beat them off with a stick. Uh, yeah, I'm a, are we gonna see what I'm gonna do after twelve o'clock? It's also possible, quite frankly. <laughs> I mean, all these things, and more than one thing can be true at the same uh, period of time. So, um, you know, we extend that arm, please. <laughs> yeah, just check. We good. We good. We good. He's quick. He's still cat. Like so while he's sitting there right now, he'd be on me in a second. <laughs> you know if Leon had a, a worse temperament that I know he does, he's a good man, and he's not going to kill me today. So just because I called Miami a basketball school. He was embracing that yesterday. <laughs> I thought I thought that was the thing. I, thought, hey. <laughs> I heard you, Leon. Don't think I don't listen to XL Primetime. Come on now. All right. Uh, the Jaguars Today question of the day presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate. If the Jaguars were to select from these four players with the 24th pick in the upcoming NFL draft, who would you want them to take? Assume Juwan Taylor leaves in free agency. You got Brian Branch, Nolan Smith, Osiris Torrance, and Darnell Washington. Uh, let's discuss in the form of a 10-10 take. 10-10-10. take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take. Brought to you by Northern Tool. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We're made for this. You know what you do when you want to discuss offensive line? You ask a guy like Leon, okay. right? Or you ask a guy like Matt Hayes who follows the college game right. as closely as he does. So knows it well. I'm asking their thoughts on Osiris Torrance because there are still sites out there that can will tell you he's a tackle or he's a tackle guard kind of combo player. They both think he's more just a pure guard. Now, why does the bearing of Juwan Taylor leaving in free agency then matter here in this? Well, because if Juwan Taylor's back, Walker Little may be an option to compete at guard as well as be your swing tackle. And maybe you feel like, hey, you know what? I got my tackles tight. I got Sheriff. I got Fortner. 
we'll find a guard, we'll plug him in somewhere later on down the line because we're going to have those high-quality pass protectors on the end. But assuming he leaves, maybe you want to give a little bit more attention to that offensive line in general. So he is one of the options here today, E. Brian Branch, mm-hmm. Nolan Smith, Osiris yep. Torrance, Darnell Washington. Who's your guy? It's funny because, you know, earlier, like recently one of our questions of the day was like, who was our darling from the combine? Yes. And I was all over Nolan You're Smith. You're Mr. Nolan Smith fan club guy. And he's a part of this question, and that's not who I would pick. And then, like, this morning, if you would have asked me based on the question of the day, I probably would have said Osiris Torrance. But, you know, based on our conversations, I don't know if I would go that way. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm thinking Brian um, Brian Branch. Yeah. Because here's I'm trying to play GM. Sure. We're locked in at one side of our cornerback position for now. Mm-hmm. You know, we have Darius Williams. Yep. But, again, you know, how long do we have Darius? So if we bring in this other corner who's kind of a tweener, he can play both corner and safety, so we'll call him an athlete. We'll call him a DB. He can come in and maybe learn under Darius. Maybe he can play the, the slot, the nickel. Mm-hmm. And then as Darius moves on, if he is no longer here, then he can roll in onto that other side, and boom, now we're, we're locked in on both sides. So I think I'm going to go with Brian. You make a lot of sense, and, and here's the thing with Darius Williams. Next year, like this year, Darius Williams locked in locked on in. this football team, mm-hmm. right? Because even if you released him, You'd only pick up a half million in cap space. He's he, he played well when they moved him outside last year, or better at right. least, right? So, and, and you don't want to thin yourself out anymore at the cornerback position. He's here, but next year, he costs ten and a half against the cap next year. But if you walk away from him, the dead cap hits only a half million bucks. So you save ten million dollars by moving on from Darius Williams potentially, where he'll be thirty-one years old, right? So, you do need that guy that maybe Branch can do that maybe he can't though maybe he's either going to be a nickel or a safety type which is still valuable in today's game okay. nickel's going to play 60 percent of the snaps right maybe Rayshon moves on after this right I mean so I think there are a lot of reasons to look at branch I think the caveat here that we didn't include is what happens with Evan Ingram yeah. here right if Evan Ingram is still on the franchise tag and you know they could say hey we're hopeful to get a long-term deal worked out but if you get to the draft in late April and you've had all this time to negotiate that with Evan Ingram, and he's still playing on that one-year deal, mm. I think Darnell Washington out of this group moves up in the rankings for me. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Nolan Smith scares me the most out of these guys. It's probably the biggest need for this team, though, right, in terms of pass rush. Mm-hmm. But, man, do we go to that well again, lack of production, draft on traits, and hope for the best. Now, look. If any one of these guys is likely to be gone, I think because of the value of pass rush in the National Football League, I think it may be Nolan Smith is the most likely guy to be gone by the 24th pick. I did see a mock at CBS from Josh Edwards uh, that came out yesterday that had all four of these available to the Jags. And, gosh, I want to say they took Brian Branch there. Um, Then you've got Osiris Torrance. And, okay, what's your priority? It's protect and give Trevor Lawrence weapons, mm-hmm. right? And that protects, certainly adds to that. You got Cam Robinson, potentially Torrance would have to play left guard on this team because you've got Brandon Sheriff making all the money at right guard. And, you know, you have those two guards on opposite sides of Luke Fortner. You've got a pretty damn good interior of your offensive line. Can Walker Little play? Can he start at right tackle? He got beat out last year, but he got beat out by a guy in Juwan Taylor who ended up having a Baller. really good year, yeah. right? So I think 
in our minds, we're like, man, disappointed that Jawan beat him out. But then we saw how well Jawan played, and it was like, okay, it was more understandable. <sighs> End of the day, I think the safest pick is the one you mentioned, is Brian Brandt. Yeah, right? yeah. I do, but I will say that that calculus may change for me if Evan Ingram Evan is on a one, uh-huh. still playing on the franchise tag. I don't have an issue with any of these guys. I love the idea of adding to the offensive line. I do like Osiris Torrance. Maybe more of a pure tackle prospect there. You know, and you're limited to four names, and we know they visited with Osiris Torrance already. And, you know, so I'm looking at guys that have been connected to the Jags and trying to make this poll uh, click here. Over 500 votes so far this morning. Torrance is the one. That is the apple of most people's eye. 33% of them. Anyway, that's the, the highest vote total. 25.7% going with Nolan Smith. 23% going with Brian Branch. And then Darnell Washington only pulling up 18.3. And it is funny because, you know, when we say who's the one guy who's never going to get past you, there were a lot of people saying, oh, it's Darnell Washington. Maybe it's that same 18% that mm-hmm. kept saying that. But because when you put them up next to these other options, heck, man, maybe it's uh, Brian Brzee. Uh, at the Clemson defensive lineman. You know, if we had a 10-name poll we could throw in there, we could really hit all the different permutations. Uh, Kalijah Cansey, the defensive tackle out of pit, who's been mocked to the Jags, and that would get a little bit intriguing. But, uh, you know, not enough time in the day and not enough uh, Twitter uh, options to do that in a two-hour show. So, anyway, kind of fun to take a look at that uh, and uh, see where things stand, uh, in your opinion, as Jaguar fans. If you haven't, Weighed in on that today. Uh, you can at MD underscore 1010XL. A little one-click uh, vote will get you rolling. All right, we're going to get rolling with XL primetime coming up here momentarily. We've got a, a two-way tie at the top of the players' leaderboard. And uh, Joe C., who's all about that golf life, uh, going to join us here. Let's uh, talk to XL primetime. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. All right, Joe C., what's going on, brother? Dude, I, I'm loving it. Back out here for another day. It, 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 you know you know how good it's been. We've been treated to all sorts of great weather. Cool breezes, a little sunshine today. Going to warm up a little bit, but I don't think we're going to see a bit of rain. Uh, I've got uh, – Probably no, never should have said that. I don't that. even like – you know, I, I <laughs> keep hearing everyone say thunderstorms that. are rolling in. Uh, uh, Alexa tells me otherwise this yeah. morning. But um, I will say there are three full bags of uh, garbage – bags here that, that are just full of empty adult beverages and we're just hitting noon so Duval oh, you're yeah. representing yeah. as always yeah right you're there. right because I'm walking in from the valley side and the dude's coming by with a cart full of all those recyclable right recyclable. right and, and that, that's what they're doing it's not like there's just trash all over the lawn they're emptying the, oh keeping everything gosh, clean man. and emptying things out but uh people have been going hard early on look it's Friday yeah. and I do feel Joe you know the the history of this tournament Friday like noon is the, the whistle blows and all the Jacksonville oh, yeah. businesses shut down when you can. JTB becomes a parking lot. I feel like it started earlier yeah. today, uh, this Friday, yeah. maybe anticipating some weather. I think in. more you, – you might be right about that, but I think more people are saying, you know what, I'm taking the whole day. Because it takes – it feels like a half a day to get off JTB <laughs> into the golf course. And so, yeah, they're coming in left and right, man. And, and I think we are going to have a packed house. So as I'm coming through 3T or 3 green, 4T, and then the drive – you know, the practice area – I'm telling you, a swell of people, swell of people. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's loading up fast. And there's some good stories because Jason Day's three under. I was just telling Jacko, we watched uh, the group go through at 18 yesterday, and we mistook one guy for another guy. Oh, no. Because one guy hit three balls into the water, 
and we thought it was Jason Day. It ended up being Aaron Wise. Uh, and so thankfully, the uh, 2016 Players' Champion is still in good shape. He did not take a uh, 10 or 11 at 18. You know, I didn't say, where did Nick Watney end up yesterday after he fanned that not one? sure. You, you know the one I'm talking yes, about right there? Yes. He had the little one-footer, and he just kind of walked up there and, and – and bumped it, yeah. and he, he ended up making a, I want to say a seven. Was that 17 he did that on? I believe so. Yeah, he made, he made a seven on it, I think, because he, he missed a shorty and, and then just tried to the try to wave at it coming back, Yeah, and uh, and he missed the one-footer, and then he tapped it in. So, uh, you know, I, I, I resemble that kind of attitude <laughs> at times. I missed the three-footer, Joe, and uh, it, you're lucky if my putter doesn't end up in a lake. So so, so we got about, uh, about three and a half dozen players that are beating par right now, and we still don't have all the tee times. You know, afternoon tee times still have to go off. So we'll see if that changes. You know, but look, there's a fair amount of wind, probably a little more wind as we're looking at the trees yeah. today than yesterday this time. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I think it's setting up for, for, for a great championship. All right, tell me, I always thought it was top 70 Make top 65. Cup. It's 65. Yeah. Okay, thank yeah. you. I didn't know what yeah. the number was so, uh, because so, right now you've got, what, 65 people yeah. exactly at even or better. Mm-hmm. So that can change a little bit depending on uh, if things back up. And there's a massive group at one over that would right. be cut as of right now. But that number uh, could possibly change. As yeah, because I'm looking out. at it right now. Your T66 guys that you're talking about, that's about 20 deep because that goes all the way back to T85. So, yeah, the top 65 and ties make right. the cut. Uh, and that was just in an effort maybe a couple seasons ago just to kind of, you know. Tighten it up Yeah, a tighten bit. it up. Yeah. Get the after, uh, uh, the second, after the cut, getting the third and fourth round roll. But here's my deal. We had a little uh, three-man contest going, and one of my guys is Rory, so I need that plus one. Because yeah, only making up three is a lot yeah. more realistic than making up four yeah, right now. He, but, he might uh, be able to fire back a little bit. I had Hovland and Sheffler, too. I feel good about them, but it's like any parlay bet, Joe. Oh, Not yeah. that you know anything about that. <laughs> one of them is done. One you're crooked, all, you're one, done. crooked one in there, and you are <laughs> over with. All right, hey, what do you guys have coming up today? Uh, it really probably will be all players all the time we're definitely going to get into you know all the NFL proceedings you know the Aaron Rodgers saga as if there hasn't been a day without an Aaron Rodgers saga uh, we'll dip in on that one too all right uh, have a great show enjoy right, the fellas. tournament buddy enjoy go. ET excellent uh, service my man yeah now, now go out there and drip all over him drip, right? drip, drip. he's he's moments <laughs> away from being cut loose on the uh, Tournament Players Club out here at Sawgrass. Uh, E, have a great day. Uh, Tony Salazar, nice job over the last couple of days uh, in for ET, producing the program. Uh, High-flying Jack O'Brien with the updates. We thank him as well. For Tony Smith and Tom McManus, we'll both be back with us next week. Uh, I'm Mike Dempsey. Thank you for listening to Jaguars today. Keep it right here for XL Primetime for the next three hours and all day and all weekend long coverage of the players and everything else sports worthy right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.